You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. P- please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. All right, welcome back to the boys of 161st Street. Yankees have swept the Rangers three games to none, which felt like it was kind of easy, but I was sitting behind home plate, so maybe that's why it felt kind of easy. More on that later. Yankees about to get into a big, big, big series against the Red Sox, and then right after that, you get another off day, and then they get our series against the Blue Jays. Hopefully that matters, because, I mean, if we get swept, that would suck. But if we do the sweeping, that would be cool as well. So Yankees are hot in the streets right now, and I'm excited about watching these games. And honestly, we talked about this before, multiple, multiple, multiple episodes ago, that if the Yankees somehow played the Red Sox in the wild card, which it was looking like it at the time, that would be the best game that we would ever see in our lives, probably, because they've never played in the wild card. These three games, I genuinely feel this way. They are going to they, they are gonna feel exactly like wild card games, no more, no less. And honestly, if even if we do end up playing the Red Sox in the wild card, after this, you know, God willing, we end up making it there, I don't think it's going to be any step down from what we're about to see. Because everybody, both teams have their playoff lives on the line right here, right now. So... It's going to feel exactly like that for three games. Arguably, some of the best baseball is ahead of us this weekend. And I'm going to yep. be very, very drunk for the entire thing. Because I can't, my body can't handle the stress. So I'm going Thank to God you be... Stopped the, uh, yeah, the 75 hard is... is I'm still working out and all that. Drinking the water, reading books. But yeah, yeah, but just not... You're, now you can enjoy baseball again. <laughs> yeah, no, the pumpkin beers are flowing. Montauk pumpkin with a nice little... Ooh, congrats on the fall... Uh... No, no, falls in full effect in this apartment. You don't understand. You'll, you'll, you will understand this weekend. Chandler's on his way down to New York City this weekend, so that's just yep, a little bit on, on the way us. down from Florida. Yeah, coming up. I, I it's, said it's one down. This one of my bigger pet peeves for no reason. I just, I just don't I care. Can see, I can see that being a pet peeve. Like I hate people say, "Oh yeah, I'm, go, I'm going, uh, I'm going up to Florida, or like, <laughs> like from New York." Like, just <laughs> no, you're going down to Florida. It's so stupid, but whatever. You really care um, that much about that? I don't really care. It's just like I, can, I, no, I feel the no. need to correct people when they talk and they say it. Like I for I, 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 for some reason I'm just like no, you mean you're going down? And no, I feel like it legitimately bothers you. Like when I said it to Luke, I was definitely like I was just giving him a hard time because he tried to fuck me in fantasy football the other day. So watch your words. But, um, I think the world would agree. But um, <laughs> Damon, I feel like you would actually be upset about that. I get, not not upset, but enough to like say something. It's a, I, I, what I just did. It was enough to no, make but, me say but something. But I'm saying to like somebody you don't know. Like if some guy in the street was like, "Oh yeah, I've done it before." Wife, and was like, "Yeah, uh, hey babe, do you want to go down or up to Florida next weekend?" Just like 
in passing, like slam on the brakes of your bike, like, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. I, I was giving directions one time to a stranger in New York City, and, and I had to correct them because they said up and down, and I was uh, whatever. I mean, if you're telling somebody who needs directions, you can't get mad at them for saying up and down. Why well, not? Incorrectly. Why not? No, David's just cussing Like me saying going from Florida down to New York is obviously a problem. Right, but, but if you're telling somebody directions, you can't get mad at them. I can get a little mad. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about the Yankees a little bit. Don't, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Have a nice day. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> you're a real one if you get that reference. Um, so Luis Severino pitches for the first time since 2019. That was pretty damn cool. Um, he did great. He, did, went, did he, went, he went two innings. He had high socks. That was, and it that was part of it. No, no. No, he gained like forty pounds. He That's did look heavier thing. too. Was it muscle or fat or mix? I don't. I don't know. I texted our Yankees insider Brandon Lockridge, and uh, he did, did not answer. But it's probably because I texted him oh. at midnight and he was driving in a hurricane. But yeah, I also feel like his. I, uh, I'm going to say muscle. Like Michael K. and uh, whoever. It's a pretty good excuse to get deaded. Huh? That's a New York term. You wouldn't understand. Um, no, you got ghosted. Um. I was gonna I say know. I feel like his uh, his delivery looked different, but I also don't know if that was just due to not watching him pitch in two years. Yeah, I, I think, think his I think that was more it. What threw me off the most was was the high socks. I think he looked like absolute shit with high socks. Dude, yeah, I think he that. literally. I don't think it's the high socks. I legitimately think it's because it's the high socks coupled with the fact that he gained so much weight. I think it's muscle. I think. I hope it's muscle. He looked good. That's what that's what Kay was saying was that it was muscle. So, but what I mean, he, what did he hit ninety five? Yeah, he was sitting. He, was, yeah, he, was, he averaged ninety four and a half. All right, not bad. Which that'll, is, that'll for, only go up. He's pitched twenty one innings in three years. I would say that's pretty damn good. Yeah, so I mean, tendering our expectations, we were talking about that in the last episode. Um, I I don't think anything changes for me after seeing it one time through. I think, I mean, bullpen is still probably in the works. I still don't see him even after seeing him do this. I don't see him having a start. At any point, even if we keep, even if we go deep into the playoffs, I still don't see enough time. I mean, it's September twenty third. No. no, there's just the not enough time for him to build up. Games. The fact that he didn't play any rehab games is why I don't think he's going to start. Like he came out of the pen because he was just doing the sim games in New York, and like, well, fuck it, it's either now or never. Like we have nine games left. You're either coming up now and you're pitching out of the bullpen, or you're not pitching this season. So, well, that's what I, we were I saying. I don't even think it's a matter of being built up. I think it was like something that they came to an agreement with, like before the whole thing happened. It's just like, look, after this setback, you got two options: it's pitch out of the bullpen or fucking nothing. Take your pick. It's like, all right, well, I, yeah, I mean, he said we- he would even play like center field so i think he's ready to go and we then, were saying you know, last right episode we were saying last episode that we like the outs are better served in the majors like there's no point in having any rehab starts for him tyone domingo etc so like that is obviously what they did so you know i'm happy that he and he came up and he's getting i mean you know what a rehab a, a game against texas is basically a rehab start as close to it as it gets in the majors in real time while offering innings and like all that and support for the actual team that is currently in a playoff race. So like that's important in its own. I hope they treat Tyone and Domingo the same way. Domingo obviously has already come up. I mean, just Tyone and Loise, you got just like get, get them up. No rehab, nothing. It doesn't fucking matter. We have how many games left? We have nine, nine games left. There's no okay. time for rehab. There's no, no rehab. Also, here's the thing. Like I, like we need more help in the bullpen anyway. 
So if yeah. if, if Sevy can come and be like a reliable bullpen arm, then that's it's arguably more it's arguably more valuable to us than him starting a few games. There's no reason I why I should that, ever bro. see Andrew Heaney pitch. There's no reason why I should see Andrew Heaney pitch at all. No, no Andrew 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 Heaney needs to be just. I think we've like, seen the last. He of needs it. to be put down. But I think he will retire. Good, thank God. Good. I think in the last Whenever, I would, I wouldn't want Andrew Heaney on my on my softball team, and we were the worst team in the league. But I mine, think mine too. The um, the bullpen and the pitching staff in general. Whenever we get Tyone and um, Loizaga back, this is like that's gonna be real. If I just hope we can make it to the playoffs to see it, because then out of the pen you've got Mike King. Who has been like literally stat wise the best reliever on the Yankees this Something year? He flies nasty. under the radar. He's so good. So you got Sevy, Mike King, and Loizaga out of the bullpen. They don't have to watch Chad Green come in and give up a fucking nuke after Glaber eats a baseball at second. And then did you notice I mean, Chad Green hit like ninety eight? He was really he doesn't really good. he's never done that before. Yeah, he has. He doesn't do that. He was a, he was a guy who was sat at like low to mid nineties. And he was touching like 98, 99. The year that he came in to relieve Seve in the wild card, he was hitting like 97. Either way, it doesn't fucking matter. I the would, point I'm is. I'm going to fact check that. But he continue. literally, the last strikeout of the inning was at 98. I've watched the highlight probably 255 times. Whatever. But either way, I, have, I still have no faith in Chad Green in a clutch spot. He's going to get you, a very high leverage innings. So I know he is, but you saw the stats. Like I literally give you. No, I know. I'm numbers. not disagreeing with that. I'm just, I'm just that. saying that these the are the cards open, we're done. The people that are coming back right here give me hope because I hope that we're not so fucking blind to still use him. When you have Mike King and you have Loisga and even Sevy, I know he isn't proven, but his track record in his career, I've said it for months now, and I'll continue to say it till the day that I fucking die that he is a good bullpen pitcher. Like, yeah, he's better served as, as a starter, but he got his career back on track as a bullpen pitcher. He's kind of like Loisaga. When he sucked and he got sent down and brought back up, they're like, well, maybe he's the next closer of the Yankees, you know? Maybe he's not a starter. This is his – maybe his M.O. is being a relief pitcher. He can do it. He's proven it. That's so what, it's play, would like you rather? Let me play would you rather okay. right now with you. Uh, something you said sparked this. So you, would you rather – in a playoff game, uh, I don't. I don't care the situation. Chad Green or Mike King. Mike King. Chad Green or Domingo. Chad Green. You'd really like Mike King over Chad Green. Oh my god! Yeah, dude, Mike King has looked really, 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 really good. Yeah, but has there's Mike there's King been a, a lot of moments of where the yet. Knock on wood. I, I'd have to check it, but. None that make me want to send him to the sun. Okay, let me ask you this. Has Chad Green had any moments this year that I wanted you to send him to the sun? I mean, he's on the sun, isn't he? He is yeah. on the sun. That's because he had four straight games where he gave up the go-ahead home run. In What's the, the current population of the sun? We haven't we haven't any, had any movement there recently. But. I think it's Jonathan Davis, Nick Nelson, Brooks Kriske, who is an Oriole now, Jay Bruce, Chad Green, Gary Sanchez... I think that's it. So we didn't mention that since who's an Oriole now? Krisky. Krisky. Yeah, so he is the second graduate of the Sun, but he's on but he's kind of the first because he's the third. Well no, because Sessa got off right before he got sent to Cleveland uh, to Cincinnati. 
So, like, that's perfect for him. You love to see that out of him because, he, like, exactly what happened to Krisky is, like, he's never coming off the sun. He's now just, he's got his picture just on the sun. He's, he's there forever. He's going to live out his days in infamy on the sun because he's, there's no way of getting him off. Sessa, like, the week before or the episode before he got traded, he got off. And that was not due to the fact we didn't think he was going to get traded at all. We didn't do that out of pity. He just got off on his own, and then he got traded. So he basically, I mean, for lack of a better word, can ride out into the sunset <laughs> and just, like, live out his days as Cincinnati Red, which, by the way, I don't know if everybody's probably seen the numbers by now. We posted them on 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 Instagram and Twitter. Sessa has, like, a 1-2 ERA since becoming a Red, and I know that really like Chandler's punching air at that but you, I you mean keep saying that like I, he's pitching in the NL Central congrats like I don't I mean the Brewers are good the Reds yeah, are the Cardinals are good the Cardinals are, are good. have but, won like 12 in a row yeah, so I don't know what you're talking about the Pirates. they also like, don't only play the NL Central they play other teams and he's it's like eh. the entire second half of the year he's been regardless he's we, we could absolutely use him right now let's play a little bit more of would you rather would you rather Ch- with Chad Green or Sessa Knowing now his his numbers. Is forfeiting an option? <laughs> For you, yeah. You also, should, can, I say, one, know, can I say one thing real quick about Krisky? I think that being traded to the Orioles is worse than an actual human going on the sun. So I he got what he deserved. So a perfect fitting for a perfect villain. Yeah. But also, I feel like a situation is just one of those things where, like, he left and then became like good, kind of like what Sonny Gray did, where like he was good, came to came to New York, sucked, and then left New York and then was good again. Sessa, I thought like, Sessa was homegrown. Yeah, but I'm saying like it's just a case of leaving the Yankees and then becoming good. Yeah, sure. I think he finally became what he was supposed to be. He yeah. was supposed to be an awesome reliever. Actually, I'm pretty sure he came up as a starter. He did but... come up as a starter. Either way, he clearly couldn't handle New York. He started to come into his own. He's still fucking. I, why I don't is know it why that everybody who can't handle New York we send to Cincinnati? <laughs> By that, no, I mean dude, just my dad. Away. My dad's a Cincinnati fan, and he literally since I was the since I can remember talking to him about baseball, he's called the Reds the Yankees like four A team. <laughs> Uh, as always, we would love it if you guys could we'll take this time to take a little break. And uh, if you guys could leave us a five-star rating on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. Usually I say this at the end of the episode, but I'd probably better to get it out of the way now. If you give us a five-star rating on iTunes, if we have 265 five-star ratings by the next episode, I will, as I always say, eat a baseball. You guys have not held me to that because you guys haven't gotten it done. If you guys are on the app on Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, you swipe down and give us a five-star rating, I will swallow a baseball hole. So <laughs> that, that would be fun to watch. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube. Just look up Bronx Pinstripes YouTube. It's on there. We do the episodes live on there the night before. That's always fun. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the161boys. Do you want to get into two, two, uh, two Truths and a Lie? Yeah, I, I mean, I've been waiting for this moment since like 10 a.m. Yeah, so this is a this is a new segment that I wanted to do with you guys. Um, obviously, people have played two truths and a lie before in their lives. Um, so I would I wanted to do a little bit of a Yankees version, a little bit of a little bit of a a taste of what it, what's happened this entire year. I feel like this is a good time to play this game, and maybe we'll see if it it can fit its way into the rest of this podcast. But 
for right now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read out the three statements. They're statements like whatever. I, I don't need to explain them. I read out the three things, and you two are going to act as a team, and you're going to try and diagnose which of them is the lie and which, which two are the two truths, and you guys can disagree or agree or whatever you want to do, but basically just pour your brain onto the canvas here and let us know your thoughts, and yeah, so... First up, Nestor Cortez has a higher war than Jonathan Luizaga is the first one. The second one is Glaber Torres has the second most go-ahead hits on the team from the eighth inning on. And the third one being Kyle Higashioka has more barrels than Joey Gallo on the Yankees this year. In the same amount of plate appearances, I know I this my I my gut not gut. I looked up Loizaga's war like a month ago, so I'm gonna go with the first one as the lie, the Nestor Loizaga one. And the only reason you know that what I'm Nestor's doing wars though, you're saying Nestor I, Cortez's war is lower than Loizaga's. Last I checked, Loizaga's was a four six, I believe, which is pretty fucking good. He, last I checked, Loizaga led all true. of major. Last time I checked, when Any I checked uh, a month ago, hold on, when I checked a month ago, Loizaga led the majors in reliever war. So I'm using Fangraphs war. I don't know if that's different, but it's certainly not four point whatever you just said. But well, whatever the number was, whenever I checked, Loizaga was the number one reliever in the league by war. He's so, also missed time. So I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to direct you guys. You guys are a team. I literally, so you guys. It was a month ago. That's that's why I'm telling you this is my guess. I don't think that Nestor Cortez could have jumped him that fast higgy i, th- I believe that's just been getting innings so i don't know i this is this is my game to play damon what do you think i think yeah, that yeah. i think that for one i think the higashioka one's true for sure higgy yeah, has more barrels random. than joey gallo yes 100 in the same amount of plate appearances yes that's too random that. of a stat to not be one true. that's too random and two higashioka had a, like he just goes on runs where he like you know he just goes on tears I feel like every ball Higashioka hits when he hits it goes is a fly out to like deep center. Yeah, he only hits doubles and home runs. That's all he does. Yeah, yeah Luke, you pipe down. This is Damon and I to discuss all this. Right, so, and I th- and I think that again, a good point where that's like such a random thing where I feel like that has to be true. Um, the Glaber thing I can see being true because I feel like I totally s- dude. He's always been clutch. He's always had those clutch moments, and he's always kind of pulled through. So I like, feel like I that's feel, the most like, truthiest one of all of them. You think so? <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> the truthiest one of all But here's of them. the thing, though, too, though. I think, like, the Nestor Cortez one could 100% be true, too. I really, I really, really think it's the Nestor one. I, I, that's my final that's answer. That's a lie? That's a lie? I think that's the lie, is that Nestor has a higher war than the Wiseguy. I'm going to say that the Glear one's a lie. Trump is that an answer? Because you know why I think that I think that Luke is taking last game as like a topic discussion to make us feel like he has more, and that is just like a relevancy well, thing. Glaber? Well, yeah. Glaber's hitting three twenty something in his in last since moving month. to second, and also in the last since coming off the IL, he's hitting like two ninety something. I will be honest, Glaber has he, that stat since you guys have locked in your answers. That stat is what sparked this this segment. 
So that is true. I saw that segment and I was like, wow, that is such a that's such a stat that I almost wouldn't believe that I wanted to start. I, I found I just was bored at work and I found two more that could be borderline believable, not believable. And to make this into a segment, I thought this was fun. I think we if let us know uh, DM us or something. Let us know if you guys enjoy this. We're going to keep doing it. But. The answer was Nestor Cortez. You're right. So Nestor Cortez has a slightly, not slightly. It's it's pretty. It's a pretty big gap between him and Loazga, which I thought I I didn't think you would you would snipe that so early. I mean, I guess you looked. Well, it up. the reason is because I wrote an article about Loazga for BP, like literally right before he went on the IL, and I knew it. What, okay. are, the, what are the war differences? Well, the war I, I use Fangraphs war. I don't know four four something is a lot. I don't know if that that's very off. Like a the Fangraphs war was 2.2 versus Nestor Cortez's 1.5. Regardless, relatively, you could you see the difference. I use the same type type of war for both of them. So there, that's a fairly big gap between the two. I thought there was reason for you guys to like. I, I, me personally, when I saw that, I was like, "Wow, those are two names." Like I, I just looked at the war leaders for the relievers, and I was like, "You know, an argument could be made for Nestor Cortez." I mean, the year he's had. The, the role he's had, he hasn't missed time like Luizga has, and he's been a starter getting outings where he has a hundred and something pitches, and he's going six innings. Like that, that there's an argument that can be made. And honestly, I'm a little bit shocked by those numbers, especially considering Luizga has been out for a month. That I'm, had, I'm shocked that I'm shocked that it isn't the reverse of that. Had I not looked it up, literally, like. A couple of weeks ago, I would not have picked that because I, I agree with you. I think Nestor has been so – I mean, he's just like rock solid. What's he got, like a 2-7-something ERA? He, he's something like been, that. He's been so good for this team, and he's not just the opener anymore. When he first started, he was the one-inning opener. We're like, oh, hey, look at Nestor. That's that's well, the guy with the mustache is doing it. Like, And now he's a legitimate like three-starter on this team or a four-starter, I guess. But either people way, are, people are a, saying that he should start the wild card game. If we go to like if we go to a game one sixty three, and he, Nestor is probably going to get that nod in the wild card. I mean, say him or Monty. We talked about this last episode before while you were in Utah. But I mean, there's an argument that can be made. I think it would still be Monty my, if we let's say we do go to game one sixty three. I think it would still be Monty and get in the wild card. But there's definitely an argument to be made that Nestor Cortez gets that ball. Let me tell you this. I I'll put it this way. So for what's our rotation for this weekend? Cole, Nestor, and Monty. I would say we're the matchups, going five. The matchups I'm this sorry. weekend are Cole versus Evaldi, Nestor versus Nick Pavetta, and Montgomery versus Erod. Okay, so our rotation is going five one two this weekend. <laughs> what? Garrett Cole the five Garrett Cole's the five starter, Nestor is our ace. <laughs> and then Okay. I actually, I will say this though. Like, obviously, I don't mean that about Garrett Cole. He had one bad start. It is what it is. He probably lost to Cy Young there, but I will say this. Oh, yeah, 100% dead. Unless he throws a perfect game. What do you think? Robbie Ray? Robbie Ray's got. Garrett Cole's start was so bad and so recent that it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think the recency is going to fuck him up. He's got time to make it up, though. He's got two major starts left. He's he's slotted for one game against the Red Sox and one against the Blue Jays that are both going to be crucial to a playoff. I think for him to win a Cy Young, he's going to have to go seven-plus in both, probably give up probably two or less combined in those two and strike out 
20 or 30 combined. I think that's his only shot, and Ray's going to have to have a, have a bad start somewhere. In I there. haven't really been paying I attention to Ray. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I, I think that's a little extreme. I, I feel like, no, he, I don't. I feel like if he just if he just has like you know the, a quality start tomorrow and then the, his start against the Blue Jays, I wouldn't say that he's nah. completely out of it. Robbie Ray went seven shutout and struck out 13 against the Rays in his last start. Right, and bad. Cole subsequently the next day gave subsequently. up. Subsequently, yes, but the like award is for 162 games, not the last. It doesn't five. matter, it's damn it. Yes, we've it watched. The, we've. We, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. We've watched how the voters react to stuff. Regardless, well, we, we've, we've talked about this enough. I, I, I honestly don't care. I want to make the playoffs. Great, brother. We'll we'll figure this out when the time comes. If the, I mean, this isn't decided until the season's over. So, oh whatever. well. Oh, so my point was that I was actually going to make before we got into that was that Nestor Cortez, every time he takes them out, I'm like weirdly confident that he's going to turn in five really ugly innings of like two feet behind the mound, headbutting the ball to the catcher, but with like less than three runs. He's up there with Monty is somebody that I expect to go into the middle of the game and give me three or less every time. And if you told me that a year ago, I would have told you to literally go fuck yourself and that Nestor Cortez would be pitching for the Orioles triple A team. So I agree. Hats off to you, Nestor and your mustache. Yeah, no, I want to just, I, wanna, I know we've talked about Nestor for a large amount of this podcast. Like he's a name. When you think about the names that come up in conversation on this podcast, I've mentioned before, like guys like Jolie Rodriguez have maybe come up one time. And that was only because I mentioned how he's never come up before. And we've talked a lot about Nestor Cortez, but I I can't stress enough. Like the season is now, the regular season is coming to a close, and Nestor Cortez had a, has had a full full blown year, not reliever numbers too, like borderline starter numbers, and he's had a full ass year where he's done this. And I feel like the entire time we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for him to just become the pumpkin that we think he is. Oh. And he just hasn't. And it's just like, what the fuck? I would fuck? say he is a pumpkin. Like, We're all pumpkin he's getting, fans like, here. We, he didn't have a roll call episode going into this year. He, I think no, he, he was signed after. Yeah, I think he was yeah, signed yeah. after we did the roll calls. And then we were even if we he was signed before, we wouldn't have done a roll call for him. Like we do For those who are just tuning in for the first time, we do roll calls for every individual player on the Yankees. We do like a little preview forecast and like talk about what they did prior on the team. There's no way we're giving him an individual episode. I we borderline didn't give Loiza. I think Loiza shared an episode was, with somebody. He shared one with Sessa, and uh, it was Loiza. It was. Isn't it fuck. cool just to see that, like the yeah, how much has changed since then? Yeah, and, and we were Jay all Bruce, we were all Derek Dietrich and yeah, um, and Guardy. We were uh, all on the same page there with all these things too. It's I would I'm gonna go back to that document and see where we're at, like for for all those, and just see how wrong we were i mean we thought clint Fra- clint frazier i remember looking at the analytics on that episode the clint frazier episode we put out was the most listened to episode of all the roll calls and that just goes to show you that we weren't the only ones that were on the clint frazier train when he walked into spring training wearing that that newspaper t-shirt like the yankees newspaper when the I world series t-shirt shirt. Mm-hmm. i bought that shirt because a I lot of people did and i got hyped and clint yeah, frazier boy, did he live up to it Oh, he he lived up to the hype, all right. I mean, he almost made Poor his way guy. into. He almost. I was I was looking for stats to put into two truths and a lie for him, and there was there was the the barrels one 
was uh, Clint was in there, but I figured Higashioka was like a less believable thing because Clint, when he was in, would be somebody who it was it wouldn't be against Joey Gallo, but I don't know. I wanted to work him in there. Honestly, an extra fun fact that didn't make it to Two Truths and a Lie. Uh, I'll just ask you guys whether or not this is true or not. We'll do a bonus round. Lucas Lickie has a higher war than Araldis Chapman. No. No. He does, so. Bull ass. Yeah. I figured, I figured you guys would <laughs> Bull ab- ass. I feel like you guys would absolutely have guessed that because of the way I phrased it. No, I definitely would have, but then I was, like, just sheer reactionary. I don't believe it. Like, yeah, no, I didn't. I actually that, saw wild. something today that was. Like he has been one of our most reliable relievers. I know. I don't. I disagree. I, re- I read something today, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who said it. But they were talking about Licky's ERA and stuff. His numbers are so low because he doesn't give up extra. But he usually comes in with inherited runners and always lets the inherited runners score. I mean, that could be the case. That may that may be a reason why his ERA is not inflated. But I just yeah, that's what I'm saying. But the that's war, the war, no, the, the war numbers are. I mean, Rollins Chapman. Must you forget he's had that earlier month of the season where he absolutely just collected war at that time when he was the best reliever he on the planet. one bad month. And he's been great the last, we talked about the last episode too when you were just absent and he was... Yeah, well, I was at my friend's wedding. Yeah, and he, he was... Chapman's <laughs> been, Chapman's been awesome for the... And, and that's perfect for us because if we do make the playoffs and Chapman wasn't pitching well... We're in a world of hurt, especially with Loazia coming out. That would be probably what we'd be talking about right now. That I would have wrote that down as a topic for conversation of, like, what are we going to do in the eighth and ninth inning of the wild card game? Who's closing? I actually have because, some Because we would have Loazia coming off injury, and we would have what distrust in Chapman. But I'm, I'm all in on Chapman being that guy because he's been no. – Fine. I have some numbers to actually back this up, if you don't mind. I know you talked about it last episode, but if you'll allow me to have the stage for a second, By all means. I'd like to let you know why I actually do believe in Chapman. I know that he is kind of a hot-button issue for Yankees fans, but the way he's mixed his pitches, like he's become a true three-pitch pitcher, right? He's got his fastball, he's got a slider, and he's got his splitter now. He's never really had the splitter. He introduced it late last year, right? This year, when he was using his fastball the lowest, 58% of the time, was that month. I think it was from June 1st to July 4th. So that's when Chapman just abandoned his fastball, lost all confidence in it. That's when he had all the blown saves. It started with the Twins and went from there. Then Matt Blake went and fixed like fucked with his stance and everything you know he stands taller now since then he's throwing 64 percent fastballs and in that same time he's he went from six percent to ten percent on splitters and then do the math on the sliders whatever and then in his dominant month in like may april may whatever he was also using 66 percent fastballs so the point is he's learning his pitch mix and he's starting to factor the splitter in more. He's getting more confident in it. And to me, I think a combination of learning a new pitch and tinkering with your windup, I know he throws from the stretch, but you know what I mean, has like kind of gave him those rocky 
starts or those rocky appearances as far as throwing balls and all that goes, I think there's room for optimism that he might be a new, a whole new guy. Now we've never had a three pitch, a Rolis Chapman and Yankee pinstripes, a true three pitch, a true three pitch pitcher. No. So that's where my excitement comes is the fact that it looks like he's starting to become, even if he's throwing 95, 96, it looks like we have a real true three pitch pitcher, which is scary. Like it's not fastball. And if he can't locate the fastball, then it's hanging slider after hanging slider. He's comfortable going to the splitter. Now he's throwing his fastball again. He's throwing it for strikes. He's got 16 walks to 42 strikeouts since July 6th. So I don't know. That's just me. That is why I'm, I'm actually confident in him this time. And I don't with you. And I'm saying that, trust me, I am not saying this confidently. It's not like I'm going to like shout it to the world that Chapman's back and he's, you know, this dominant closer again. But I'm saying as far as room for optimism goes, that's why I'm optimistic that he can be the closer that you, the top tier cream of the crop closer that you signed him to is because he's made major league adjustments and all three of his pitches are plus pitches right now, and he's locating them. So there's my spiel. Cheers. Cheers to Chapman being Way back. to drink beer, Damon. Huh? It's a way to drink beer, Damon. Oh, that was you. Yeah, that's me. Cracked your beer so loudly into the microphone. Just want another pumpkin beer. But I'm, I'm, I'm fully with you. With, uh... And if you're listening to this show and you don't like pumpkin beer, I don't like you. Um... But yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I think the, it's entirely different conversation if Chapman hadn't been pitching this well for the last month and a half because we would have a serious issue on our hands because the answer would be Loisga, like I said before, to be that closer, the de facto closer, but he's borderline going to have an hour of rest leading up to his first start. He's going to be, act- he'll be activated. Though. He'll be activated off the IL and it'll be like, all right, go clean up the eighth inning tonight. Like that's like that's Kyle how much rest in the World Series. Yeah, exactly. In in the wild card game, and that's that's what we're looking at. So I I don't know if I if I trust that. As great as I, I as much as I like Loisga, that's and I and I do think that had Chapman even like even if Chapman had been pitching bad, I still think it's a it's a, I think it's Chapman's role. No, I agree. I just, my whole thing is I think the pitch mix is so, and I don't think Matt Blake gets enough credit. Um, honestly, I was thinking about this today. People shit on the coaching staff and rightfully so, but don't gear your anger towards Matt Blake. Matt Blake has done wonders with this team outside of Cole. We've had a revolving door of two through five starters. And right now here's your two truths and a lie to the Yankees actually they have the fucking six bet tied for the Rays with the six best rotation in Major League Baseball. Like Matt Blake's done wonders on this team, and I hats off to him. If you want to fire the whole staff, including Cashman, and maybe how will you know sell the team too? Then <laughs> goodbye me. But keep Matt Blake. Maybe he'll sell the team to Matt Blake because I I like Matt Blake. I think he's done an awesome job. And Chapman's a perfect example of that. You saw him his. Once he started getting shelled, they adjusted his whole spot on the mound, everything he was doing, and he was effective again, but he was 
struggling to dial it back in. What do they do? They tinker with us some more. They tinker with his pitches. And now here he is. He has his optimal mix of pitches, and he's doing things right again. And inevitably, when he breaks down again, whether it be a month or a year from now, Matt Blake will go in there, and he'll fix it again. And he's done it with every pitcher on this team. So yeah, kudos to you, Matthew. Awesome job. <clears throat> Agreed. Uh, one thing I did want to get into is the just wild card. We talked about the wild card update and everybody else around the league. We're obviously, if the season ended today, would be in the wild card. But one thing we didn't mention is one of the teams that we're not necessarily fighting, but the other one we are, the Rays versus the Blue Jays just happened. And Kevin Kiermeyer, that situation, I figured this would be kind of fitting to talk about because... I mean, I thought it was just interesting that another team is having a qualm. I feel like when you think about the Blue Jays, I never think about them having like a scandal, like a fracas with somebody with somebody else. Like, like, like whenever, but you know what I mean. Like, whenever you think about, you know, Yankees and Red Sox have had their their situations between each other that's gotten animated and and angry and everything like that. Benches clear, all that. You know, Joe Kelly, all that, you know, Yankees and Rays have had their times where they've not liked each other. I feel like the Blue Jays just never get involved in that sort of thing. Maybe it's because they're from Canada and (laughs) and they're just like, oh, meanwhile, nobody from the team is from Canada. So it's like irrelevant. But and they haven't been in Canada until recently. The Blue Jays (laughs) are apologizing to the Rays for Kiermaier stealing signals. Yeah. So sorry. I just haven't seen like every other team in this division, even the Orioles, I feel like would be more inclined to fight another team than the Blue Jays. But yeah, what do the Orioles have to lose? I would, if I played on the Orioles, I get in a fight every day. No, like, I just feel like they're not an animated team. And like no, seeing no, no, this I happen, I mean, they had every right to throw a Kimar. He full blown. For those of you that didn't see this, he slid into home in that play that, I mean, when we were watching that, Damon, we were mentioning how. I, I saw it, I was, like, briefly watching it, and I was like, there's no way Kiermaier was the one who, he. I, th- I think he, did he bunt? Or no, oh, no uh, he, he hit a ground no, ball at third base. He hit no, a ground ball at third base, and he right tried to barehand it. No, no, he hit a ground ball at third base, tried to barehand it, and he th- overthrew first base, and it kept rolling, and he ended up going around and around. He was safe, stand-up triple or went on to get a triple and then he ended up just like half-ass going home and when he went home he actually almost scored because he he like did like a matrix slide like he didn't fully slide like feet first because they would have tagged him he just like kind of tried to avoid it and it, he almost got in like when you look at the replay but regardless when he got out from the the slide he ended up just swiping the the like lineup no, no, no. card or something There's more to that he laid in front of it he saw it and looked at it like he tilted yeah. his head was clearly <laughs> reading it then picked it up looked at it and then just like oh whoops that's not me and then dropped it well then he like he stared to the other he like stared into like the blue jays uh uh dugout I too fucking hate the Rays. did you man. see it's so hard to root for the Rays to win even when we need them to like 
and I'm pretty sure Kevin Cash, if somebody accidentally blew a bubble on one of his players, he'd throw a fucking temper tantrum. He's such a bitch. I hate Kevin Cash. And the announcers, too, were like, well, that's intentional. I just, that is just dirty players. Like, dude, have you ever watched a fucking baseball game? People throw at each other. Like, sack the fuck up. He hit him square in the middle of the back. He didn't throw at his head. Like, he clearly deserved it. He stealed signs. Stealed. Good fucking word, Chandler. He stole signs. Like, get, you get see- over it. Did you see him go back into the dugout with it? He like, he, it to like the coach too. he like discreetly handed it to the coach like you're yeah. doing a drug deal. Like he, like when you know when you dap up somebody and you got the money in your hand and they got the bag. Yeah. yeah. Not that I know what that yeah. is, but yeah, when when he he did that. He didn't even look <laughs> at him in the eyes, he just did it. Yeah, no, that, no, that's definitely my team's plays. I just didn't want the Blue Jays to see it. That's why. Fuck, I actually hate And obviously, I I to, to continue the storytelling, he, uh, the Blue Jays obviously saw it, and they were like, hey, hey, Kevin Kiermeyer, hey, he, he like he stole our signs, uh, and then they, they threw at him. So Good. Good. And I don't know why. Ke- Kiermeyer was, like, upset about it. Um, you, you very obviously – Stole the sign, so dude, Kevin Kiermeyer keeps like trying I to defend it too. What, like, in every interview that Kevin Kiermeyer has, he's like, He's just getting old, man. Like, I just don't get it. Like, I clearly didn't do it on purpose. Like, hey, Kevin, just shut the fuck up. You clearly did it on purpose. Take your like 92 mile an hour fastball in the meat and like get over it. Like, you're fucking fine. Like, why are you going to yeah. sit here and make a huge scene after you clearly stole the sheet? I don't think that the sheet's going to give you that big of an advantage. No, but like, I wonder what the sheet said. What if the sheet said like "fuck you, Kevin"? <laughs> and it was I like a it, it was like yeah. a decoy piece of paper that he was like, we knew Kevin Kiermaier would steal this, so he left it out for him, and he would be upset when he saw it. Well, I don't know. How, I don't know how true this is, but I, I saw something that was like uh, one of the Blue Jays coaches said that, um, like, if there's any any like um, scouting report piece of paper that the players have that they don't want the other team to see? It's that one. <laughs> oh <laughs> no, I'm sure it is. It's the one. It's the catcher. Like it's that's basically. like it's like their game plan for that, the whole. That's thing. like has the most information about what the team is doing. That one did. That one did. Yeah. Apparently, hmm. yeah, like, give it back to them and whatever. Are we looking it's, at a? Are we looking at another Astros sign stealing scandal on our hands? <laughs> Well, no, no I, I think, think this is just like this. I mean, it was literally in front of him. Shit. I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, just more reasons to hate no the funny. Rays. I actually saw something. I think it was like John Heyman, which whatever. But it was funny. It was like, yeah, <laughs> which so, whatever is the perfect he, way to describe it. Which yeah, whatever. But, fuck John Heyman. <laughs> but no, you like he was like, yeah, somebody tried to defend him. He's like, let me ask you this. If you dropped a hundred dollar bill out of your wallet, like. And somebody else runs across it behind you. Is that yours? Like, what if you drop a picture of your family and somebody picks up? Do they just get to keep the picture of your family? It's like, f- fair. Like, fair. Fair right, point. John. I, I hate Kevin Kiermaier. I hate the fucking race. They're so unlikable. I, I just, hate Kevin uh, Cash. Could you if imagine, I could punch one guy right in the dick, it'd be Kevin Cash. Could you imagine a world where they win the World Series? If the Rays win the World yeah, Series. That's, that's my one team that I just... Like any of these contenders, I would love. Even the Red Sox, honestly, I'd rather have them win it. They won't, but I agree with that. I'd rather them win them. So unlikable. Like I, I genuinely believe we're like we're not going to win the World Series, but 
to those people who say like we don't deserve to make the playoffs, like we said last episode, you're ridiculous because if October comes around and you're not watching the Yankees play baseball, that's going to be upsetting. So I'm not saying I, I, I no, I totally agree. You should be watching. I I want to. Ma- I think you're saying people that say I don't want to make the playoffs. We don't deserve to make the playoffs. No, but who gives a fuck about deserving to make the playoffs? No, not at all. I'm just. I, I don't just, give a was, fuck if you deserve to make it or not. I want to watch this team play. I want to watch. No, this I team do play. too. I will watch every single inning, and I'll probably watch the pregame and postgame show. I'm just saying. Deserving wise, which is what you said, we no, definitely of course don't deserve not. it. But Chandler, what we talked about this last time because that was a hot topic last episode, where we were saying, you know, the main difference between like there's a difference when I, when you talk about NFL versus MLB. If if this were the Eagles, like I'm an Eagles fan, like I said, and I'll keep this brief because we talked about it last episode. Like, if, like there's there's reason to miss the playoffs if you don't think you have it in you to win the whole damn thing because. You get better draft capital, and that matters in the NFL draft. And the MLB draft, that doesn't fucking matter. If we have the 12th pick versus the 15th pick, that is not a big difference, but it is in the in the NFL draft. So that's that's why like you see right now you get Devonta Smith instead of Joe Schmo, linebacker. Like you know what I mean? So yeah, there's oh, no there's no benefit news, there's no benefit to missing the playoffs and ending as the first team out. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. But breaking news, I don't think we uh, officially broke the news that the Blue Jays lost to the Twins. Officially. Woo! We so have so right now, what's, what's the wild card standings? We are two games behind the Boston Red Sox and have a full game lead. Two? I thought it was one and a half. I was wrong. And then we have a... No, no, no. They had a one and a half above the Blue Jays who lost. So that's where I was wrong. Okay. So, so the Red Sox are two ahead of us and three ahead of the Blue Jays who are one game behind us. And honestly, Seattle's only one game behind the Blue Jays. Yeah, but Seattle doesn't matter though. Like they, they do though. But they don't. Like to us they don't. Yeah, well, they well no, me, me and Damon were talking about this too before. Like the a scenario where we have to worry about Oakland slash Seattle is a scenario where we have lost enough games to make that matter because the people no. that were directly chasing, yes, because the people people that were directly chasing are the people that are ahead of us, and we're playing them directly head to head. So if we don't exactly. win, if so, if we lose enough games to to make them catch up to us, we've we've already we fucking can, lost because the two we teams can win that we enough lost, games though is what I'm saying. We can win enough games to where they're a factor. Because yeah, if we win are, enough, they don't directly if affect we, yes, our but then chances. we'll already be we'll already be in I'm it. I'm saying the only way that they take I'm talking matchup wise, I'm yeah, talking no, 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 wise. yeah, yeah, I agree. But I'm saying the only way they overtake our spot would be oh no 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 letting, we would we would have dead. to lose enough to let them in. No, I'm talking I'm talking matchup wise. I no, I understand that. I'm just saying the yeah. way that the Yankees play the next six games directly affects the the Mariners mm-hmm. and the A's. That's what I, we're on the same team here. Don't get aggressive at me. No one was. I know aggressive. where you live, and I'll be in New York in can't wait thirteen to see hours. Um, next topic I want to get into heart melts. was I know we and I want to keep this really brief because we talked about it almost every episode from the last couple months on. So nobody wants to hear this. Who's listening to it? Is the Void Rizzo thing? And Damon just brought it up via a tweet the other day, and he was saying. 
you know, what we've been saying all fucking season long is like, but especially now that we have 10 games left, nine now, I, why is it so hard to have Void and Rizzo in the same lineup? And that's, that's honestly, don't even respond to my comment there because that's where we're under. We all are on the same page there. It should not be that difficult to get them in the lineup. They, they should be in the lineup every fucking day. We said that. They didn't do it. It is what it is at this point. It's almost like we don't have our fucking playoff lives on the line. I just hope, I and I, I here's the thing. I hope that they play in the Red Sox series, but I know they won't. One game, Stan's going to DH, and then yep. Boyd's going to sit, or vice versa. I mean, I think, I think the damage, I will say this, though. This is kind of news, at least to me. I don't know if you guys talked about it last episode or not, but I think the damage to Luke Voigt and the Yankees' relationship is beyond repair. I don't think you can fix yeah. this. In the, I think the only thing you, the only option now is to either sign Rizzo or sign a shortstop. But whatever the thing is, sign a shortstop, move DJ, Glaber, whatever. I don't think Luke Voigt's on this team come 2022. I think the damage is the damage has been done. Like the time, the day that he did the Stone Cold with the water bottles when they were losing by like 15, mm-hmm. that was when it was over. Is the he? You took a guy that wanted to be a Yankee and you ruined it for Brett Gardner to keep getting at bats. Essentially, is what it is. At the end of the day, it's either to get Brett Gardner at bats or to overprotect Stanton. So, I think that relationship's ended, which is really sad because I like Luke Voigt. But yeah, I mean, any way you put it, they he's not going to get he's ruined. not going to get consistent at bats. It doesn't matter what he does. Yeah, I mean, like I I was really surprised reading all of the comments about what people thought about Luke Voigt because a lot of them were saying, they're all backing up Gardner saying, oh, well, where's Gardner going to play? Um, like, all these, like, what random bullshit. And, like, they're all saying, like, oh, Luke Voigt hasn't been that good. Well, yeah, because you yes, fucking... he has, though. He has a well, 146 WRC plus since he's been off the IL. Well, it's not even that. It's just, like, it's the it's the level of inconsistency that they've been playing him. And I know we, 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 we're beating a dead horse here because we talk about it so much, but it's frustrating. And again, we have nine games left to play. And like we mentioned before in the, in the episode, like these are all going to be wild card like games. They are all going to be essentially playoff games in everyone's eyes. And we need to treat them that we need to treat them that way. We can't, continue to play for and manage for the next day because there might not be a next day. You literally need to plan for the game that we're playing because that could literally determine our chances to play in October or not. And I want to see the best team out there the rest of the way throughout the entire season because there's, My thing there's no is, other way to manage I legitimately, it. I legitimately don't think the Yankees their best chance to win. That's the thing. I legitimately believe that the Yankees think that think of Luke Voigt as a bench player, and that's it. Which is ridiculous when you think about what he's done for the team since he come to the Yankees. Like no, since coming like, from the Cardinals, he's been probably one of the best players, if not I mean, the best player. He was player MVP last year because, for the team because he literally has been available and. He was a top five MVP. He was one of the only ones that was available during the times where the replacement players were playing. Him and DJ held down the fort. It's sad, man. They've done. They've treated him so poorly this year. He just uh, 
that that relationship's tarnished. There's no coming back from the way you've treated Luke Voigt this year. And that's like I said, that is the saddest part is that I don't think it's like a blind loyalty or anything like that, that I go, there's not a spot for him. I don't think that the Yankees realize what they have. I don't think that they uh, like understand that having Luke Voigt in your lineup benefits you so much. Which Who sucks you, also. You, what are you going to do when you have that row of Judge, Gallo, Stanton, Voigt, <clears throat> Glaber, Geo, and then you have Brett Gardner, and they're like, okay, well, we can pitch around Brett Gardner. Or we can pitch around Judge rather and get to Brett Gardner, or we can pitch around Rizzo or whatever. You can't pitch if you have all those bats in lineup and you are playing your full healthy lineup. There is not a hole outside of the catcher position. But even then, like you said, like Higgy, who whatever, do we're not going to have the catcher debate right now? Seventeen barrels. he has a higher barrel percentage than Joey 18 Gallo. Eighteen barrels, actually. He has, he has more barrels than Joey Gallo. Eighteen That's what versus I'm seventeen. It's close. You but can't. You, you can pitch around to get to Higgy, but it's not like you're pitching to a scrub. <laughs> yeah, know. no, and 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 more on this. You're giving just, yourself a bearing weakness offensively, intentionally. Yeah, and last comment I have on on the Gallo or the the Rizzo Voigt situation is that. You know, it may be that the situation or the relationship is beyond repair for Voight. I don't see us re-signing Rizzo. I don't either. I, just, I, I, just think don't, I feel like the Yankees don't love it. I feel like I he, he's been, he's, he makes sense. He makes sense to have. But I just feel like they haven't like overly loved having Rizzo to the point where he's worth re-signing. To, like, I don't know. I feel like they they are arguably naive to the fact that their relationship with Voight is tarnished to the point where they probably think that they can get Voight back, and then when he leaves, as well as I don't know what his contract situation is, but when like when they more years, all right, so he's he's here, so it's it's up to them to trade well, or keep. I think the most likely scenario, and to me, it's almost inevitable at this point, is that they're going to shift DJ to first and sign one of the big shortstops. So that that they would have to sign Rizzo first because then they would trade Void away, and then they could do that. That would, and I, I would honestly be okay with that because of how badly they've treated Void. Like, yeah, I'd rather keep Void, but if you can move DJ to first, who is fine there, that's perfectly okay with me. And then if you get Corey Seager, I'm, I'm cool with that. Like, that's fine. That's a conversation for the off season, but you know, let's, let's end it there because that's, this is a whole can of worms that we can continue talking about forever. I wanted to get into, um, you know, we talked about Seve returning and he pitched. We are, we haven't changed our expectations for him, but we talked about our expectations for Seve. Now Domingo returns. What are our expectations for Domingo? Because he isn't necessarily slated to be a starter in any of these games. Like we mentioned before, the starters for this series are Cole, Nestor, and Monty. But he's probably going to come out of the pen. So I feel like the expectation for Domingo is similar to that of what we had for Seve. Mm-hmm. Maybe to a lesser yeah. degree. But also not, in my mind... It's not to a lesser degree in terms of, it's almost identical in terms of my expectation for the two because they're both starters moving to the pen because of injury, obviously. But Domingo has pitched this year a lot. 
So we know what we're getting out of Domingo. Domingo's been very good this year. And Seve, there was more of a question as like, Seve definitely has more of a talent, but there's more of a question as to, you know, what Seve are we going to see? We've seen him in the minors. Are we going to see that translate on the major league level? So that's been a question. So, you know, with with the, the talent, obviously, is better in Seve's case. But, you know, with, with the not pitching in a while versus Domingo pitching recently and the lesser amount of talent, I think the ex- – I almost think exactly the same of the two of them. Like, my expectation yeah. for the two of them, I feel like – is the same exact thing and hasn't changed from Seve's recent outing and Domingo's lack thereof of a recent outing. I think he's. I think they're going to be very equal in my I mind. I, I just think Seve's just so much more talented and has experience. I agree. I, that's what Domingo, I said. No, I know. I just I don't look at him equal. I expect. I don't expect Domingo to be a great or even good bullpen arm. Really, I think, I think he's going to be very be, very helpful. I think he'll be. Eh. I I really don't. Think he's he's going to be year. like, I don't think he's going to be a game changer out of the bullpen. He's I not a good bullpen that. pitcher. Like, I, I think he'll be fine. He's but, going to directly have an impact on not seeing Andrew Heaney throw anything. So, no, that in, in that regard, then he's like my saving grace. If I ever have yeah. to watch Andrew Heaney put pinstripes on again, I, I might become a Marlins fan. I might like, I legitimately despise Andrew Heaney. I've never seen we a person. We really not talk I've about him anymore. It's okay. <laughs> no, well, you brought it up, and now I'm mad. I would rather. I mean, I would rather miss the playoffs than watch Andrew Heaney pitch again. All right, all right. He's not going to. So <laughs> we've shunned him. I don't, on mean, this I don't mean. I don't mean. I don't mean that either. But still, fuck. I I kind of mean that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I genuinely believe that it was going to be a big part of the reason why if if we make a, if we do make a run. Domingo will have a large hand to play in that because he and, has to. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't believe necessarily like logically speaking, obviously I hope we make a run. I hope we win the world series a hundred times in a row. I don't think that they're going to at all. And I don't, I don't think Domingo is going to be great. I hope he is, but I think he'll be, I think he'll be just fine. I don't think I don't. I think the ceiling for Seve and my expectations for him out of the bullpen are a lot higher than my expectations for Domingo. Do you know what gets me a little bit more? Yeah, like I, I think the odds of winning the World Series are very slim. I like. I hope they do. I think they're slim. But you know what gets me a little bit excited about this team and about the way they're kind of built and the way it's kind of like formulating now. Tell me, Luke. Is that? The relievers we're going to have at the start of the playoffs, like when you think about it, for the most part, the the relievers we're going to rely on are all guys who can go long. Like you think about Domingo, Seve, converted starters, Mike King, Loisega, who can go long, has been a converted starter. All these guys, those are, that's four guys right there that can go long. Nestor Cortez is going to move to the bullpen. That that's a guy who can go can four. Go Nestor Cortez can go two. I mean, uh, Chagrin can go two. That is now seven or eight guys. And I and unless I'm forgetting some other people, but like for the a majority, Wandy. not Wandy. Wandy is a reliever. But when you think about the majority of our bullpen is guys who who are converted starters as of recently too, that can go very deep into games 
obviously they're coming off injuries, so maybe that can knock that down a touch. But, like, we don't have guys who go one inning and done for the most part. I feel like we have, like, three or four of those guys. And even those guys in the playoffs, you you, you throw a little more during those times. Like, Chapman's going to go two, probably. Like, you, you expect more out of these guys. I think I, I, that's a little bit of a part of me that is just I'm a little more confident about that because when you look at that and then you look at the rest of the rotation, like where does Luis Heel fit into a playoff rotation? Is he going to get a start? Probably. I think he gets a start, but then, what? you know. What? Uh, it depends. It depends on the type of series. Like if it's a if it's a seven game series, then he then he does. But if it's a it's a five game, he doesn't. But regardless, where? Okay, so in a, in an ALDS, let's say we move on from the wild card. Where does he move in? Now we have another guy that potentially can move into the bullpen as a starter. We have a lot of innings to move around. Is my point? We're way deeper with the addition of Sevi Domingo, Loisaga. Whenever he comes back, like these guys. You like you don't realize the impact that that has having guys that can actually just eat innings like that that aren't named Mandrahini. Like that makes this no, team I, a yeah. lot better. Like for the last couple months, I feel like the sixth and seventh innings, if your starter didn't go that far, like you're kind of just fucking piecemealing it together and figuring it out. But now, when you have guys that can just throw innings that are starters that could borderline get a start the next day. Like I'm confident in that. I well, genuinely cool believe is, that. What if you get to like a game five or even a game three, where, um, in, in a shorter playoff series or a longer, whatever the case may be, what if you get to one of these do or die games and your rotation spent and you're faced between either starting a guy on short rest or tossing a combination of King, Sevi, Luizaga, all the Domingo. I feel a lot more comfortable in a bullpen game when you've got a bullpen of guys or a stable of guys, as douchebag Kevin Cash likes to say, that can all go multiple innings, right? Like, don't you feel a lot more confident going into... I think we had a bullpen game in the last year or two in the playoffs, and it was like Chad Green to whatever, and you burn nine relievers. Here you can have a bullpen game, but you can use three or four guys. You can go from King to Sevy to whoever and only use four pitchers. So I, I mean it's a huge, huge, huge weapon in a short series. You can you don't have to throw Cole on three days rest if you don't want to, or if you don't absolutely need it. Agreed. Do you guys want to get into rounding third? Sure. Sure. So rounding third, first up. Andrew, we asked you guys to give us buy or sell topics that we could talk about on the podcast, and you guys have done it again. You guys have gave us some great ones this time. So first rounding third comes to us from Andrew Robbins on Instagram. So Luis Severino replaces Chapman as the closer. Chandler, what do you think? No. Absolutely no. no. Yeah, no, that's... He's too valuable as a starter. He's pitched... Two innings. However, I also pitched 21 innings in the last three years. Yeah, and I think we debunked that too. I think Chapman's obviously going to be getting the closer role. Uh, but I do think Luis Severino, you know, expecting hopefully this playoffs goes deep. I could see Luis Severino having a lot, a lot of high leverage spots. 
I don't know how I feel about it, considering how he's fared with high leverage spots in the in the past in playoffs. But I mean, we don't really have many other options. I don't hate the take necessarily. I just don't think there's just too many moving parts. I don't just don't see it happening. Agreed. But I like it. I like the boldness. Next one comes to us from on Instagram. No fucking cap is his name. <laughs> and he said, release Voight next year, Key Rizzo. We kind of touched on that before as well. But, I mean, you, the, there's no situation where you release Voight. Why would you? Yeah, yeah. No, you can't release a guy who finished top five in MVP as having another decent year and has three years of team control. So, so let's say he didn't mean the words release. Let's say he trade means or, trade. Trade or keep him. Yeah. Um, I, I could see if he'll be traded. He will not be a Yankee for much longer, yeah, I, I agree. Think. Yeah, I think I think the relationship's fucked. Um, Void has been open about it, but I mean, I, I wish it wasn't this way. I, I just don't think. I think the the real scenario is that you trade Void, and then the way I see it playing out is they probably dysfunctionally trade Void before knowing they could resign Rizzo, and then Rizzo leaves, <laughs> and then they're they're like just stuck with their hand and they're. They're their dick in their hand. Yeah, that's how I see it playing out. But I don't know. Next one comes to us from Alicia Marie. Mary, Tyler Wade should be getting starts at shortstop, so DJ and Gio can go back to second and third base. Not the way that Glaber's playing right now. Um, listen, I, I think that Tyler Wade is is going to have a massive impact this the rest of the season and hopefully in the playoffs because. Whenever he's on the field, something exciting seems to happen. But the thing is, though, like you can't, you can't really justify starting the guy. Which is, you know, obviously his defense is there, his hitting has been better. Um, but you know, Glaber Torres when he's hot is still Glaber Torres, and we haven't seen, you know, the Glaber Torres that he was when he came in as a rookie. But you know, you can't you can't put Tyler Reed over that guy, but I do think that he's going to get a lot of playing time come late innings in these games. Um, and yeah. I like, I really enjoy Boone making that decision to put him in those situations, even in like the seventh or eighth inning, because it, it shows that he sees an opportunity to put him in there, and he trusts him to go out there and do his thing. No, it'll be exactly him? what he was up here for. He's going to be a pinch runner. He's going to be a defensive replacement, and. That's about it. Which is great. I think he does that no, role. He, too, he does that role perfectly. Did you guys see him I, when I was at the game yesterday? Did you guys see him at third? Doing what? I I, I said to everybody around me too. I was like, "This dude's gonna steal home," and he bore, oh, yeah, he did. almost stole. He was like, "Dan." I don't know if the camera showed it because you know, like I said, they did show it. They I was were I was at the game, that. but he was like, "Have you? Were you at the game yesterday?" Yeah, I was at the game. Were you behind home plate? I only mentioned it. Yet. It was really cool. Really? Um, did your friend get those tickets for free? He did. He responded to some guy on Twitter. Um, but really, he like I said that around, and I was like, I would love it if he did. I would love it if he did steal home, and he was like doing it. He was like trying it. He was halfway. I mean, nobody was covering him on third, and he was halfway down the line. And he was just doing that dance thing just to piss off the pitcher. He didn't end up going, but I feel like he could have actually made it. I don't know. That would be like, imagine Tyler Wade stealing home in a playoff Worked game. out well, too, because we uh, struck out twice and popped up after he stole second and third. So, mm-hmm. go team. 
that right there is a perfect that inning right there is why I don't believe that this team can win a World Series. I think they could make the playoffs, but Tyler Wade stole second and third, stole second and third on a leadoff walk and strikeout, strikeout pop up. Like from your one, two, three hitter. So with this take, I I don't agree with it as well, but I do see where she's coming from at the, at the fact that like, we need Tyler Wade in the lineup in some way or another. On the team. We need him. We need him to play. We need him to have an impact on games, whether it be and and I think it will probably just end up being him being a defensive replacement if it comes down to it in close game, and then he ends up being the guy who can steal as well. Or he like whatever comes first, him having a pinch run opportunity, or him being defensive replacement, and then he just stays in the game. I think that's, that's going to be his role. role. That, that's, that's his only role. That's it. So, but that's important. Like I'm, I'm very happy he's there. And and like he has like a two seventy batting average this year. So, like the argument that she's making is not incredibly off base. It's just Glaber has been hitting well for the last month. So. Had he not had he been hitting the way he had before this month all year, then yeah, I think we can actually have that conversation. But yeah, not right now. Um, next one comes to us from Logan Calavita. Said so Nestor starts the wild card game. We we talked about this before. I think you know if we go game one sixty three, there is the conversation to be had because of how how good he's been this year. But I think it still goes to Monty in my opinion. But no, I agree. Yep, agree. Next one comes to us from Minky Picks. He said, this team will ultimately break my heart. I wholeheartedly agree with that, Minky yep, Picks. I will get broken. I think this team has, time and time again, let I've, I've given up on this team, and then they've roped me back in, and they've I've given up on them, and they've roped me back in. That that entire cycle has happened maybe 55 times this year. Yep. So, um, They're yes. going to end up missing the playoffs and breaking my heart. And I'm ready, that. ready to be broken again. I am ready to have my heart broken. Two more. Next one comes to us from Moses underscore CW on Instagram. Resign Guardy for another year as oh. as your as your fourth <laughs> outfielder. He's been as as far as fourth outfielders go. He's been excellent. As far he's not as a fourth outfielder, he will never outfielder. be a fourth. He will never be a fourth outfielder as long as he's on the Yankees. It doesn't matter. If we, even when Clint was here, the minute Clint had like two bad games, they benched him. No, 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 no. I don't want Brett Gardner. I'd rather Florio get consistent blind time. Yes, though. dude. Florio's like Brandon 24 fucking now. Dominguez. Fuck it. <laughs> Let, give me Brandon Lockridge. Give me Brandon Lockridge. Brandon Lockridge or die. Brandon Lockridge or bust. Agreed. If you guys yeah, don't know who Brandon Lockridge is, look him up. He's going to be the future of the Yankees, and he's our friend. So, yeah, he's cool. I could beat him in a forty-yard dash. So, uh, next one comes to us from Woe Nelly. Benches clear at least one time this series. Hashtag oh, Team Odor. I hope so. That I like that. I, I don't. I don't think it will happen because I do. Really, I do. I'm in. I'm sold. I'll buy that. going to hit somebody, and they're going to freak out. I think the. I think more like hashtag Team Odor. Oh yeah, Odor. If the Odor starts it, he has to. I hope so. If he doesn't start it, he's he's always the first man out. If he doesn't start it, he'll finish it. (laughs) Goddamn right. (laughs) (laughs) David has to run a 5K this Sunday. Yeah, I feel like shit right now. 
Dude, the fact that you're running a 5K makes me want to leave New York a day. I'm doing it for the community. You're not. You're getting a beer at the end. That's why. I paid for it. So what's the point? You can just go to a bar with me at Chandler on Sunday. Regardless, let's get back into this. I genuinely do do believe that there will be a a fight. I think tensions are going to be high. Yeah, we'll see. I'm excited. I think the more likely scenario is a fight against the Rays in a meaningless game. Like somebody's gonna Monty's accidentally gonna throw a change up that is low and inside and Kevin Cash is gonna start like he I, he might actually break down and cry in the press conference like he's just endangering my guys like dude he threw it like sixteen inches away from your guy's kneecap and it was a change up but fuck him. I think but I hope a there's fight. a fight. I think there will be a fight. Uh, I think that'll do it for me. If you guys have anything else you want to talk about, I think that is it for tonight. Uh, Yankees play tomorrow. I think it's at 7.05. Garrett Cole versus Nathan Evaldi. I am beyond pumped for that. I wanted to go to Boston for this series. Uh, Didn't make it. I have to work, but it would be a fucking awesome series to go to if you are going. Let's go, Yanks. Have a blast. Go, Yanks. As always, if you can give us a five-star rating and a review, I will literally swallow a baseball hole if that is what you're into. That, would be, that is something that I, that's I, what gets you going. I'll wash it down with a pumpkin beer if that's what gets you up in the morning. Hearing, just watching a, a, a live stream of me swallowing a baseball hole, you could give us a five-star rating on iTunes and subscribe to the YouTube at Bronx Pinstripes. And if you want to follow us at the 161 Boys on Twitter and Instagram, that'd be fantastic as well. Uh, but that will be it for me. Let's uh, do it. Ooh, the next time that, that we talk, we could be eliminated from the playoff. You said he's late, but I'm awake. You left without saying anything. Said I do, I guess you don't. 